Good morning. All right. I recognize that. Okay, I don't recognize that. <coughs> Plan B. Okay. <coughs> this morning is going to start off a little bit <coughs> differently here. Uh, the Lord was very specific with me that before I launched into the message, there were some things that He wanted to s- say to us <coughs> as a congregation that He wanted us to take into this new year. And the first thing that He brought to my attention was uh, some comments that Caleb made in Joshua chapter 14, verse 8. And what struck me in that, uh, that, that verse was this is, this is Caleb commenting on uh, what the ten spies besides him and Joshua did with the report that they ushered and spoke to the people. And uh, what he said in, in Joshua 14.8 is that he said, my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Today, what I am saying to you I'm saying as what the Lord wants to say to you. I want you to see Him saying these words to you going into this new year. And so why, why do I say this? Is because he wants, he wants to bring about the opposite of that. He wants to establish you in this year. He wants to take you forward in Him with a, with a, a, a confident, I wrote it on the paper, a confident expectation because of him to not lose heart my heart was broken when I saw that the heart of the people melt there's nothing pretty about that what he wants to do is solidify you with him intimately going into this new year and to give you a confident expectation because of who you because of who he is what he says and his great great love for each one of us Isaiah I wrote the the references there Isaiah 40 and and, uh, verse 46 those two chapters Isaiah 40 and 26 and 27 The Lord is referencing himself. But what he wanted to bring out is because of who he is. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. And then the next verse. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my my right is disregarded by my God. What the Lord wants to say is that in this new year, your way, your way and my way is not passed over. His eye is on each one of us. Your way is not passed over. And then in Jeremiah 29 a very familiar set of verses, but that doesn't 
delinquish the power of what he said in those verses in verses 11 through 14 for I know and he made that very clear I know he didn't stutter and he didn't falter when he brought it to my attention I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And then the last but not least, what the Lord made very clear is that I want, that is Jesus, I want, and what he said is, you're finished. Your finish will be stronger than your beginning. And as I pondered, well, Lord, what scripture reference would you want me to um, put out there to, to substantiate, to support that? And while there were different ones, this was the one that came to my mind. He has granted unto us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. It, you can read that whole chapter, but he extends the invitation to us and has given us exceeding great and precious promises. Those promises that find their yes and amen in Christ. And then he said, for this very reason, later on, he says, add to your faith virtue. And he goes through that list. But he says, if, if these qualities be in you and abound, they will make you neither barren nor unfruitful. And so... As you read further down, he says, such an abundant welcome will be made unto you. Regardless of anything else that I would say today, this is something that, if nothing else, the Lord wanted me to speak and bring out to you. I was that compelled and moved. And uh, the final thing that the Lord gave me... Uh, was a homework assignment for us. You'll see in your, your bulletin here the, uh, the printout for a worship song there, Sovereign Over Us. And in that, as you look over that song, I felt that as you, you make this a part of your, your quiet time or as you go through the week, I believe that there were different things that that Lord was, was going to highlight and... and um, different things to different people but what it had to do with is who he is his attributes and to encourage us and how much he loves us and the intimacy that he wants to have with us to be able to express these things to us in our most intimate parts in our inner man in our inner being So having said that, let's pray and let's launch into the word. Father, I give you myself. We bow our hearts before you and I ask this day that you would open the eyes of our understanding to see you and behold you. To behold wondrous things from your word. 
Open our eyes, Lord, and the things that you speak, plant them in our hearts. Let your words prosper and bring forth life. Thank you for your great, great love for us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So in, in doing this message, I, in preparing, I wrestled and struggled with how to present it, uh, even with the sermon title. If I were to give you the alternate, you know, like on a DVD, sometimes they have alternate endings or deleted scenes. The, uh, the other title that I could have put here besides Be Thou My Vision was A Close Call, slash, or I should say dash, intimacy and uh, kind of a play on words there and as I thought as I went on with it I thought no I'm, I'm going to go with this one here be thou my vision in Isaiah chapter 66 verses 1 and 2 we find these words thus says the Lord heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And, no, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. A very graphic picture here. And uh, as I as I read those words and saw who was speaking those words I felt the Lord gave me that worship him be thou my vision. And let me let me just back up and say this. The, the Lord asking this question here, what is the house that you would build for me and what is the place of my rest? What is he what is he looking for? What is, the, what is the thing that he's really after in asking that question? When I think about that verse being, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool, and there would have been a, a number of things that he could have said pertaining to himself, but he directs and turns to, what is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? And so the answer is he wants to be with us. He wants to dwell with us. To say it another way, he wants to hang out with us. And what I like about what I... with that song, Be Thou My Vision. It... It speaks a couple of things. First of all, 
What does he want us to see? And it's, it speaks, first of all, to the fact that I need him, we need him every moment of every day. Think, of for, think for a moment um, in Isaiah chapter, I want to say it's Isaiah 6, where the, the scripture says the people that sat in darkness saw a great light. Now, I, I can't prove this, but here's what I thought in terms of this. The people that sat in darkness, they're not moving. If you're in darkness, if we close our eyes and try to move around, how far do you think we'd get before we'd fall or run into something? We wouldn't get very far. And if they tried to move, you know, Jesus said in the, in the New Testament about the blind leading the blind, they'll end up in a pit. So is it any wonder that they were sitting? Anyway, the people that sat in darkness. And so, what, what I believe that in, in the Lord giving me this, this worship song and this Be Thou My Vision is going into this new year, the best place to start is for me and for us to humble ourselves and say, God, we acknowledge our dependence upon you. If you go through the words of that song and the stanzas, you will say, you, you see that he's, be thou my vision, be thou my sword, be my best thought. And no matter what life may dish out, You're my sufficiency. It's a prayer. And it is one that speaks of intentionality and deliberateness of heart to say, Lord, I'm placing myself before you. And all of these things, what I need, are found in you as I was pondering the words of that song I, I thought of the words that Peter spoke in response to when, when Jesus turned to the disciples after a number of his disciples walked away and, and, and Peter responded when the Lord said are you guys going to leave too the very first words out of Peter's mouth were Lord who else can we go to you alone, you alone have the words of eternal life. In Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 2, I like this set of verses here because it kind of paints a picture of this heart crying out to God. And here's what he says. He says, My son... If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight 
and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. You know, I, uh, I have to confess unto you that as I've been sometimes called a walking concordance, it's very easy to be familiar with the scriptures and to know what they say and then to back off in terms of drawing closer to the Lord. That's been a danger for me. I have to confess that unto you. But then what the Lord shared is that look who is speaking those words. And that begged the question, why is he bringing that to my remembrance? And Lord, what are you wanting to say? So that it turned my, my understanding from familiarity to the one who was speaking. And I came to realize something that in his speaking to me, he was giving me and he gives us our daily bread. See, if I know that scripture, it would be very, if familiar with the scriptures, it would be very easy for me to, to back off and not go to the dinner table. But then where is the food for today? Where is the sustenance of what he wants to bring forth and that word which is spirit and life and truth? Where is the sustenance that he wants me to have from the meal he wants to prepare? See, in the giving of this day, our daily bread, it's more than just, here's your bread, you know, like you're going through a soup line. No! It's the idea of giving us this day our daily bread, sitting down at the table with him. See, part of what I felt the Lord wanted to do is, he wanted in the first part of this message to paint our condition, which is very, apart from him, is bleak. We're dead. We're without hope. No incentive to live. And no way that it ends pretty. And part of what I wrestle with, and this is what I'm so grateful for, is, is that I wrestle with, first of all, a finite mind trying to wrap my head around a relationship with an infinite God. There will never come a day when we will be able to do that on our own. And so, to that point, 
One of the things that I pray for daily is ISAV. Now, you'll see in the book of Revelation, he counseled the church in Laodicea. Buy of me, I counsel you, buy of me. ISAV, gold tried in the fire and white raiment. But you know what? I don't have to wait till I, I, that I go to get to that condition to be able to supply, to apply the answer. And so when I pray, be thou my vision. I'm praying, God, open the eyes of my understanding. I don't want to settle for less than you. And the intimate relationship you want to have with me and us. And there never will come a day where we will know all there is to know about God. And intimacy is not automatic. And in Christ, He's an example to us in many ways. But I think one of the greatest examples that He is to us is the way He is relentless in our in our pursuit and in our relationship with Him. We sang that song earlier about you're a good, good father. And he, He's calling out to us. He hasn't stopped calling. And in so be thou my vision. I want to respond to that God who has thoughts to us, towards us, that we can't begin to number. And you know what? In this lifetime, verses Thoughts I can't number, at least I want to get a portion of what your thoughts are towards me. And let those thoughts of you bring to fruition the transformation and the life and the plans that you have for me. The other thing that I, that I deliberately do is that it is very easy to settle for a glance or a glimpse. And what the Lord says, what He said to me, what He says to us, and different places through the Scripture, He uses the word behold. I don't want to settle for just a glimpse and go on my way. In Second. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians. He speaks of that as we behold Him, we are changed. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what love the Father has lavished on us. It's all too easy for me to get sucked in by responsibilities by the different currents of what other people say as I go into the workplace or just if you go out the door and I like in the story of Mary and Martha a very familiar story and Martha you know where Mary planted herself she planted herself at Jesus feet I know it doesn't use the word plant, but I'm putting the word there, plant. 
she purposed to sit at his feet. And the Lord said, one thing, one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good part and that it will not be taken away from her. Now, if the Lord said that, I dare you to try to take that part away from her. Because he said it won't be removed. It will not be taken away. Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. I put it down there again about the question. And I found myself still being gripped by this verse from 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable, too wonderful for words, unspeakable gift. And you know, no, I like that because no matter how hard, hard I try, I have a finite mind and I'm, I'm putting limitations on God. But God had an answer for that in giving us His Holy Spirit, in giving us His Word. And opening, opening the eyes of my understanding to be able to perceive the magnitude of the gift that He's given. As I was preparing for this message, um, about 6.30 in the morning, while I was still asleep, the Lord said, I paid the greatest price to give the greatest gift and to make it possible and, and a reality to have an intimate relationship with me. Those words, as they resonated in my heart, it brought to mind the scriptures from Romans chapter 5, where he said, in, starting at verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift. And the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I want you to just think for a moment. What does newness of life look like 
When Jesus said, you're a new creature in Christ and old things are passed away, all things are become new. That changes everything that we do from the time that we get up to the time that we lay our head down and even while we're sleeping. Even when we sleep, He's working in us. He makes all things new. That cha- Just think about that for a moment in terms of that changing our outlook. It's very easy for us to get into a routine. But if that truth that He makes all things new permeates everything about you and your relationship with Him, that is a game changer in the way that we go forward. It doesn't, there's no boundaries to it. Where we work, the people we interact with, what we set our hand to do, think about that for a moment. You know, I referenced this last year around Christmas time. I talked about Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life. When he prayed and asked God, I want to live again. And you remember how I ran around the stage here and threw my hands up and said, Merry Christmas! And he ran down the streets. Everyone he saw, Merry Christmas! And the one place I thought he wouldn't go, it didn't matter. He went right up to Mr. Potter's window and said, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! And he had nothing good to say in return to him. You know, Merry Christmas to you in jail. I swore out a warrant for your arrest. He could have cared less. He knew what it was to be alive. We're alive. He made us alive. He brings the dead things to life. And he says, come close. I'm not done yet. I'm just warming up. Whatever we know... It's just the tip of the iceberg in our relationship with Him. And that truth, if you will, so permeated Him, He couldn't contain it. And it wasn't that Jimmy Stewart had to muster it up and kind of manufacture it. It just came out of Him. And I say to us that by the greatest gift and and offering ourselves up to Him. You know that passage in Romans 12.1? The words that precede offering ourselves up to Him? By the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. His compassion towards me. His unfailing love towards me. His never-ending resources. His heart's desire. I don't like pain. In and of myself, I have a low threshold for pain. I go to the doctor, I hate needles. I go to the dentist, I hate drills. Well, I'm just telling you, but the idea is that by the mercies of God, I offer myself a living sacrifice and I hold nothing back. 
Nothing compares. Nothing compares to the promise that I have in you. And while we can't put a price tag on it, he said, I can and I will and I did it. I shed my blood for you to make you my very own possession. My beloved. The apple of my eye. My workmanship. By the mercies of God. As I was preparing this message, I already shared with you the one song, Be Thou My Vision. But there was another worship song, and that was Ancient Words. Ancient Words, long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Let the ancient words impart. I like that. Ancient words, long preserved. They resound with God's own heart. You know, I can have a casual conversation and it doesn't mean anything. But if I have an intimate conversation and somebody opens up to me, they're revealing their true self. And when God opens up His Word and gives us His Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth and to bring to our remembrance the words of Scripture, or I should say, His love letter to us, I'm so grateful. You know, just one thing as an aside, on your own, do you think you could remember everything God said to you? I don't think so. But I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit. And what He said about Him is that not only will He guide us into all truth, He will bring all things to our remembrance. I just, in closing here, there's two things that I wanted to do. I just wanted to, first of all, present just a couple of snapshots here of intimacy. In Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, it says, Though the righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But what I, and you know, I've, I've looked at that verse many times and I thought, you know, he rises again. And this time, this time, this is what the Lord brought to my attention. There's nothing pretty about falling. It's painful. I could tell you a story about a time. Boy, I wish, ooh, it just makes me shudder. I, a bicycle I had riding had pedal brakes. And then the first time I got to ride a bicycle with hand brakes, I went down a big hill. And about halfway down, and about halfway down, <clears throat> oh, oh, there's something wrong with this picture. 
because I wasn't familiar with the brakes. And I did a nice somersault over the bars. There is nothing pretty about falling. But here's the thing. Here's the question he said. Who helps you get up? Who holds you close? Who feels that pain in your heart? Isaiah, <clears throat> I don't have the scripture in front of me, but here's what it says in Isaiah. Even unto gray hairs, even unto gray hairs, I will carry you. You know, on my best day, when I think things are going well, guess what? He's carrying me. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6. It says in Psalm 139, 1 through 6. These words. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That's true, it is. But he did something about it. He made a way where there is no way. By laying down his life, by giving us his word, by giving us the Holy Spirit to be able to understand and unlock and help us unlock the treasures and for us to know him, to know his heart for us. Karl Barth, a Swiss theologian, well-renowned, went to the University of Chicago one time and <clears throat> he was asked, he was, he was surrounded by a number of students at the university there and one of them asked him, in, your, in your, the work that you do, in your study of the Bible, in your being a theologian, what is the greatest truth that you've uncovered? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That love, His word, settled in the heavens forever. And that scripture that Donna read, you can count on what she said in those verses. You can count on none of those things coming to an end. How much greater can we count on the one who loves us, who calls us sons and daughters, who makes us his very own, who's with us through the fire and the flood, 
who's with us on our best days, who sticks closer to us than a brother, who counts our tosses and turnings, who gathers our tears in a bottle, who feels the pain and is not afar off. And has given to us exceeding great and precious promises to where I couldn't put a number to them. Let's pray. Lord, we bow our hearts before you. You said in your word in Isaiah 66 verse 2, to this one you will look. We bow our hearts before you. And we give you our hearts. We love you. We thank you that you're taking our lives. And though we come with nothing, we leave with the greatest gift of all a personal relationship with you. And we leave with the riches that you give us, the riches of your presence, the riches of your love. Lord, I just ask that as we go forward into this new year, open our eyes to see you and behold you every moment of every day walking alongside of us and Lord I ask that you would give us fresh wind and fresh fire establish our thoughts and in all that we say do and think may it be pleasing unto you may we be fruitful unto every good work strengthened with all might by your glorious power and to your glory Lord to your glory, bring forth much fruit that you may be glorified. Fruit that would remain. Fruit in the sense, Lord, that where we go, we will light up. We will light up every place on which our foot treads that those that are sitting in darkness may see the great light of your presence and your great love. In Jesus' name, amen.